You're now locked in to HBCU Pulse. We're the number one outlet for HBCU life, talking about everything that's important to our culture, from on-campus issues to politics and what's trending on the yard. We always keep that same energy. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to HBCU Pulse Radio. Get up on what's trending. Get up! You're listening to the Front Page Report on HBCU Pulse Radio. What's going on, everybody? This is Randall Barnes with HBCU Pulse Radio. And let's talk about the breaking news out of Tallahassee. The student-athletes of FAMU's football team have written their open letter to the university president, Dr. Larry Robinson, detailing the issues that they faced as a collective. This comes days after news broke that 26 players were ineligible to play in their Week Zero contest against the University of North Carolina. Sports Director for Tallahassee News affiliate ABC 27, Allison Posey, broke the news on Monday afternoon, sharing the letter in her Twitter feed. In the letter, the FAMU football team presented issues that they collectively have dealt with from the university. The letter addressed issues with financial aid, academic support and compliance, scholarship allocation to cover summer school, and underrepresentation and lack of appreciation for their efforts. According to the letter, the FAMU football team kneeled in protest of the playing of the university alma mater. We will not sing a song that begins College of Love and Charity when we feel neither from the university, the letter states. Hours after the letter circulated social media, FAMU issued a statement touting that 13 of the 14 athletic programs meet the academic progress rate or APR requirements set forth by the NCAA. The response didn't directly address what the players presented in the letter. Several members of the football team have acquired legal representation to appeal their eligibility issues. Tom Mars, a lawyer that specializes in collegiate sports advocacy that was retained by two FAMU players, tweeted that FAMU has been reluctant to send needed paperwork to the NCAA on behalf of the players. Mr. Marr stated that two FAMU players retained me yesterday to help FAMU seek reconsideration from the NCAA regarding their eligibility. FAMU has ignored multiple requests for us to see the paperwork that FAMU sent to the NCAA on their behalf. In contrast, Coach Simmons has been very supportive. FAMU is set to play the Orange Blossom Classic against Jackson State University on September 4th, 2022 at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So to give my thoughts on on the situation, I think this is terrible. I think this is horrible that uh, the FAMU players have to go through this. And this reminds me of the University of Missouri 2015 protest against racial discrimination on campus. Uh, I was a freshman at my HBCU, Fort Valley State University, when this was going on. uh, And I was in awe. You know, um, the football team at Mizzou, they boycotted the games because of so many instances of racism that was on campus. And they demanded that the president at the time, Tim Wolf, resigned. And after they boycotted the game, Tim Wolf resigned two days later. Now, and I know this situation is different, but what we draw similarities is the football team is gathering its collective power. And they're saying, listen, enough is enough. We're going to address what's going on. And they're not being personal. They're not trying to personally attack Dr. Robinson, as they said in the letter. But also another thing as well is that they still want to play for FAMU. They played against UNC and they put up a valiant effort. And by all accounts, as of right now, they're planning to play in the Orange Blossom Classic. But we've seen how this has played out. And clearly this is a problem that is at the top. So I believe that FAMU's administration handled this wrong from not only an optics standpoint, but also a standpoint of how you're treating your student-athletes. 
Student athletes are unappreciated across the board, across sports. Many won't even have the opportunity to play professionally. Some do, but many of them won't because just playing professionally in any school, it's hard because there's so much talent that's around the NCAA and around the nation. So given the opportunity to play professionally in the NFL or the NBA or MLB, like that's hard, but they do it because they love the game. And also sports is a way for them to get equal footing and maintain their scholarship to get their education and make a change in their life. These young men and women deserve respect and they deserve so much better. And the thing is that as HBCU advocates, and I say this often, we purport that HBCUs are supposed to be a family atmosphere and that we're supposed to be here for our students, for our community. And I remember personally myself when the Mizzou situation was going on, one thing I was saying, because I was doing podcasts back then, is that at an HBCU, you won't deal with this. And that's true. FAMU's not dealing with what the Mizzou football team dealt with. The Mizzou football team dealt with racial discrimination. But this is a mass mishandling of the student athletes on campus. And this is egregious. This is wrong when we purport that, that HBCUs are supposed to be a safe space for our scholars, our academics, and our athletes. When Travis Hunter went to Jackson State University, we were all happy. When we saw that you had five-star recruits and four-star recruits that visited HBCUs and some transferred to other SWAC programs and MEAC programs, we were excited. But we have to make sure that we're maintaining our house to ensure that we're doing what we need to do to move forward. FAMU's football team is wildly successful, and that's the part that gets to me, is that FAMU's football team was successful last year. They were two points away from going to the Celebration Bowl. They went to the FCS playoffs. They've been a successful program ever since Willie Simmons took over. And he's assembled a squad of amazing players and future NFL prospects like Marquise Bell, who plays for the Cowboys, and Isaiah Land now, who's currently ineligible, as I say this. That's enough of a reason for me to show a level of care and compassion for a team that's going out there and representing the institution. But more than anything, as HBCU stakeholders and administrators, we have to have a level of compassion, understanding, and caring for our students. That's the part that really gets to me because these young men are going out there and making things happen and they're not getting the institutional support. And also, I didn't like the response to the player's letter that fam you sent out on yesterday. I think that it was, it was nasty. I honestly do. I think that it was a disregard of the issue. I think that they didn't even address anything of what the football players said. Maybe it's some conversations happening behind the scenes. I have no information on it. But I believe, especially if you're trying to publicly posture, I don't believe that touting your APR, that 13 to 14 programs are adhering to APR standards. I don't think that that's the way to go as far as public posturing. I believe that in this case, you have to address what the football players are saying. And you have to ensure that their voice is heard and what they're saying is valid. Because we know the extreme that they can go to. And no one wants to see that. No one wants to see that. The football players don't want to boycott a game. But if things don't change, we're on that 2015 University of Missouri football team track. And that's something that we don't want. So I'm hoping that FAMU handles this. 
I'm hoping the administration steps up and does right by these players that want to represent their university and want to get a good education, a good HBCU education, and go far in their life. But this is egregious. This is insane. And something has to be done. And we must clean house if we want to further expand the athletic programs of HBCUs and further expand our experience. Because this is a black mark on what we're doing. This is Randall Barnes with HBCU Pulse Radio. Thank you so much for listening. To read more about this story, head over to HBCUPulse.com. And as always, we'll see you on the other side. Like what you hear? Uh, yeah. Subscribe to HBCU Pulse Radio on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, head to HBCUPulse.com to stay up to date on what's going on in the HBCU community. Thank, Thank you, you for, for listening, listening to HBCU, HBCU Pulse, Pulse Radio. Radio.